A case study into first-round running back since 2012. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome in to the Wednesday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schubert back with you here once again on the show. Hope everybody having a great start to their Wednesday. We've got a fun one in store for you here today. A case study into first round running backs here on the show. Uh, a draft network story from our, uh, our intern, one of our writers, Daniel. Uh, he put together a story on the last, you know, I don't know, I would say 10 years or so. Uh, of first-round running backs, so we are going to look at this list, but we are going to try to add the contextualization of what it might mean for B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs because two first-round running backs in this year's draft class. So what can we learn from the group of 15 names that have been taken at the running back position since the 2012 NFL draft? Uh, are there more positives than there are negatives? Are there any comparisons that we can make with Bijan and the running backs that have been taken before him, Jameer and the running backs that have been taken before him? What can we learn? What can we glean from this information? And I've done a quick perusal of the 15 names, and I think it could potentially further reinforce the point of taking a running back in the first round, but... I think you've got to make sure you take the right running back in the first round. We will go through the exercise. We will go through the conversation, and uh, you guys can decide what you think the right answer is at the end of this. So like I said, a story on thedraftnetwork.com. You can read the full story um, because Daniel and the story ranked all 15 running backs that have been selected in the first round since the 2012 NFL Draft. So ranking them from 15 to 1 in terms of their performance, what they've put together. What we are going to do here on this show is use this information and try to compare it to Bijan Robinson and Jameer Kiv. So I think in order for us to set uh, the groundwork to lay the base for what this show is going to be, let's read the 15 names, and I'll read them in the order that Daniel put them together in for the story. And again, highly recommend you checking out this story um, as a companion piece to what we are doing here on the show today. So we'll go through all 15 names. I'll tell you the draft, the team that they went to. We'll go through all 15 names, and then we will go through what I think are some of the more um, important takeaways, the important names to discuss. So we've got David Wilson, 2012 to the New York Giants. We've got Trent Richardson, 2012 to the Cleveland Browns. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 2020 to the Kansas City Chiefs. Sony Michelle, 2018 to the New England Patriots. Rashad Penny, 2018 to the Seattle Seahawks. Travis Etienne, 2021 to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Najee Harris, 2021 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Leonard Fournette, 2017 to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Melvin Gordon, 2015 to the San Diego Chargers. Doug Martin, 2012 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Josh Jacobs, 2019 to the Oakland Raiders. Saquon Barkley, 2018 to the New York Giants. Todd Gurley, 2015 to the St. Louis Rams. Ezekiel Elliott, 2016 to the Dallas Cowboys. And Christian McCaffrey, 2017 to the Carolina Panthers. Those are the 15 running backs that have been selected in the first round since the 2012 NFL Draft. And maybe your takeaways are similar to mine when I look at this list. But what I see when I look at this list is a tier of running backs who were drafted high, were drafted early, but very clearly lived up to their billing, lived up to their draft profile, lived up to what everyone's expectations were for them, and they were very, very good for their team uh, for a very long time. I think of Christian McCaffrey, the guy that's first on this list. Fit the bill for everything that Carolina wanted in his tenure there in, in, you know, in Carolina. He was very good. He was a major part of their offense. 
He did everything that was asked of him. Was a great runner, was a great passer, was consistently at least enough um, from a health perspective that he was able to be on the field and was very good. Ezekiel Elliott. Now, Zeke is a player that you need to evaluate in two different aspects. The player, Zeke, bursts onto the scene, was drafted early, right, was the fourth overall pick, I believe, in that 2016 draft, and was very good early, was very good those first couple of years, specifically his rookie year, was out of his mind. Then he got the contract, and then the contract maybe didn't necessarily match up with the production. But that early initial burst, that early initial phase of Zeke's career was very, very good. I think about Todd Gurley. I think about Saquon Barkley. I think about Josh Jacobs to a certain extent. Maybe Gurley and Barkley are in in a different tier. But I look at those two guys as guys that their teams... Do the Rams regret taking Todd Gurley when they did? No, they don't regret that at all. Do the Giants regret taking Saquon Barkley when they did? Now, this current regime didn't take him, but Saquon was pretty good last year. Saquon was good his first couple of years. So now the injuries are a concern there. Had to miss some time. But again, has he lived up to being taken second overall? I think overall he's been pretty good. I look through this list. Does Jacksonville have regrets about taking Leonard Fournette? Melvin Gordon? For the Chargers in 2015, do they have regrets over that? No, I don't think so. That's kind of that tier of they took a running back pretty early. They took a running back in the first round when you're not supposed to take running back in the first round. And then their teams wouldn't regret it for a second that they made that made that pick. Now we've got a, a, a second tier. And we're going to call these the jury still out tier. And that's where I think you have... Travis Etienne and Najee Harris, two players that Dan uh, put 10 and 9 on his list. And I think overall, based on what they've done so far, very warranted that they're better than some of the options on the list. But when you look at it from the context of they're only entering year three, for Travis Etienne it's year two because he missed his rookie season. And I, I don't think we have enough information to claim whether or not they were completely justified in making the pick. So far, I think early returns are good. Early returns on Travis Etienne are good. I think early returns on Najee Harris are good. Um, and so that's the bucket that I think um, they I put them in. Bailey in the chat says, CMC is a great example. He is widely considered uh, a great example, but he made very little impact on the win totals of the Panthers. Averaged less than six wins in the four seasons before they traded him. I think that's a fair counterpoint um, to maybe the ju- the um, the justification I'm making here. But at the end of the day, the motto here, draft good players. The Carolina Panthers drafted a good player. They drafted Christian McCaffrey. And Christian McCaffrey helped them a lot. Uh, in his tenure there. Maybe didn't ultimately lead to wins, but that, that's more so because of the uh, the failings of what they put around Christian McCaffrey than it was necessarily of using a high draft pick on a running back and on Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he, he absolutely provided them immense value in his tenure there um, in Carolina. And then there's a, there's a different bucket, right? And I think this bucket is of the, 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 the tales that will be told of, you know, warning signs of this is why you don't draft a running back in the first round. And there are examples like Sonny Michelle. There are examples like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. There are examples like Rashad Penny. Those three players, more so on the later end of the first round scale that we're talking about here, right? Uh, but all those guys drafted in, what, the 20s and 30s, where, they've got, where they went. Um, but didn't really provide much value to their team. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 
I don't know what his future even looks like in Kansas City. Sony Michelle, no longer with the New England Patriots. Rashad Penny, everybody at the time thought that was a pretty weird selection. And Rashad Penny, in the last year of his deal there in Seattle, played very, very well, right? And that then showcased the guy that they took in the first round. But the lead-up to that was pretty inconsistent. It was like, yeah, what? why did you make that selection? So you've got that group of, of first-round buyer beware, but then I think you've also got the quintessential billboard poster child for this, and that is Trent Richardson, a guy that was drafted incredibly high. The draft capital that was used to um, acquire him, and it just didn't work out, and it was just a catastrophic failure. And I think that is what people point to as their big shining example when we're discussing this position to say, do you want to do you want to draft the next Trent Richardson? Is that the kind of blunder you want to make? Is that the mistake that you truly really want to go down? Do you want to add to that list of of first round running back busts? Bailey says three players that went after Zeke were Jalen Ramsey, Ronnie Stanley, and DeForest Bunkner. Has to be some regret for the Cowboys based on opportunity cost. I don't know, Bailey. I don't think there's there's regret at all. I think there's regret on the contract. Two separate conversations. Two separate conversations. I think once they gave out the contract, there was an opportunity cost. And that opportunity cost allowed forced them to not be able to address certain positions because of the cap that they had tied up in Zeke. But once they drafted Zeke, he was very good for them. Allowed them to be very successful. Helped Dak immensely at the start of Dak's career. Right, That was huge to be able to have that level of a running game behind that offensive line. And allowed them to have much success on offense. Now, if you want to say that anybody could have been able to run behind that offensive line that they built at that time, yeah. I mean, that's fair. That would be a fair criticism. Um, But for me, I don't think we can look at the player and what he ultimately did those first couple years in Dallas and say that it was a mistake to draft him um, in the first round. Brian says no position has a 100% hit rate. Agreed 100%. This appears to be the position that generates the most buzz and the uh, the most talking points. And, and it's because of what Heldy just put in the chat, so I'll read it here. If Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, and Joe Mixon didn't go round one, don't draft a running back round one. The value of running back will always push quality players out of the first. And I think, I think Steve is making a very, very good point. And this is the distinction that I want to make here when we're talking about B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs. Because Steve says, I would say running backs that were drafted top 10 have a pretty good hit rate. A running back has to be a special talent to get drafted in the top 10. Let's look at this list. Christian McCaffrey, a top 10 pick. Ezekiel Elliott, a top 10 pick. Where was Todd Gurley selected? 10th? He was a top 10 pick. Saquon Barkley, top 10 pick. Think Josh Jacobs was a top 10 pick? I mean, we've got, I've got good examples. I've got good recent examples here. We're doing the thing where we research things while we're doing the show. But... We are, we are looking at recent examples. He was drafted 24th, Josh Jacobs. So he's, he's not, no, he was drafted later. Okay, there's another, there another guy on this list that I know was drafted recently and relatively high um, that, that should make this list. Leonard Fournette's the, the name that I'm thinking of. You've got guys that were drafted in the top 10 at, their, at this position, and I would, you'd consider it a hit, right? We, if we're looking at this from the perspective of, is it a bust or did they make the right pick? They made the right pick. The player ended up being very good. The there's there's a separate argument to be had of of positional value versus the player. Bijan Robinson is a top five player in this draft class and got taken very very early, rightly so. 
And I think he is going to fit right in with this group at the front, the way we're talking about Christian McCaffrey, the way we're talking about Ezekiel Elliott, the way we talk about Saquon Barkley and Todd Gurley, of the impact that they give to their team um, pretty early. Uh, Janelle says, I looked at first-round quarterbacks in the last 10 years, and there was about a 30% hit rate for a franchise quarterback. The NFL draft in its entirety, folks, and it's what I do every day. The show is called TDN Daily, the Draft Network. This is what we do here. But at the end of the day, I love it. But at the end of the day, it is an educated guess. It always has been. It always will be. Scouting is an educated guess. You're, you're very well-versed. You're watching these players. You have a pretty good feel for what they can and cannot do when it comes to projecting them to the next level. But nobody truly knows. Nobody truly knows the answer until you get a guy in the building, until you coach him up, until you see what you have. That's, in some ways, that's the beauty of all of this, is that it's just a massive gamble. It is a massive educated guess, and that's what makes it so fun to talk about because we can sit here and go back and forth all day long. And I'm not saying I would not love to do that. I'm saying we could go back and forth all day long swapping names of players that we all thought were going to be locks to be great players at the next level that were drafted inside the top 15 of the NFL draft at any position. Running back, wide receiver, quarterback, tight end, corner, edge rusher. It can run the gambit of players at positions that we thought were going to be major impact players at the next level, and it ended up not happening. And so I think the criticism that gets levied on the running back position is strictly because we are now in a in a league, in an offense, where the running back position isn't necessarily prioritized. And I, no one said it in the chat, but it would be the greatest counter to, my, to, to the point that we're making here today. The Kansas City Chiefs just went to the Super Bowl, and they had Isaiah Pacheco as their starting running back. Now they have a guy on this list that we're talking about right now in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who we would put in the bucket of the buyer beware, the... This is why you don't take a running back in the in the first round example. And they then used the guy they took in, what, the seventh round Isaiah Pacheco was? Late day three pick? That's the guy that was their starting running back in the Super Bowl. And so, yes, can you find value in other places? Yes, you can. Can you find uh, can you find value on day two? Absolutely. I think there was a ton of day two value at the running back position in this year's draft class. 100%. I think the Saints got a good running back in Kendra Miller on day two. The Titans, Tajay Spears on day two. Zach Charbonnet, even though it was to Seattle, was a great pick from a player perspective. Again, the Kenneth Walker thing I don't understand, but from a player perspective, Zach Charbonnet, good value on day two. And Jamie, I think, emphasizes where this conversation, I think, needs to go. Not just this one here on this podcast, but I think in general when we're talking about this position. There needs to be a separate discussion about if a running back, and this is Jamie's comment, there may even be a discussion about if a running back isn't good enough to go in the top half of the first, you shouldn't take one in the bottom half. And that, to me, is the crux of this conversation. Because I don't think Carolina fans would say it was a regret that we took Christian McCaffrey. I don't think Dallas fans regret taking Zeke Elliott. They might regret the contract, but they don't regret taking Zeke. Ask a Giant fan right now if they regret taking Saquon Barkley. Ask him. Ask a Rams fan if they regretted taking Todd Gurley. I don't think they'll regret it. A Chiefs fan certainly regrets taking Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. A Patriots fan regrets using wasting a first-round pick on Sonny Michel. A Seahawks fan now with Kenneth Walker in the building is like, yeah, probably, probably kind of dumb of us to take Rashad Penny in the back half of the first round. A Browns fan would regret taking Trent Richardson in the top 10, but that's because he ended up being a bust. And so to me, there's a separate conversation to be had. If you can get a top end player, 
and I'm talking top four at the position. If your evaluation of a running back coming out is this guy can be a top four player at the position, then I don't think there are any qualms, at least in my opinion, about taking him in the first round. And to me, Bijan Robinson fits that mold to a T. He is absolutely a, a prospect that you look at and say, this guy can be the top four at that position right now. Jamie says getting an elite running back is valuable. Getting a really good or or um, or or just a good one isn't worth first-round value, in my opinion. Yes, that's the difference. Heldy says, I think the evaluation on running back is very weird, but how was Zeke worthy of a top 10, but Jonathan Taylor wasn't? So Jonathan Taylor is an interesting case study because I think, truly, the thing that stopped Jonathan Taylor from going in the first round, and anybody in the chat correct me if they disagree with this, but to me, the thing that stopped Jonathan Taylor going in the first round was the workload. I think there was a great concern over just how much work Jonathan Taylor got at, at Wisconsin in his college career, and they worried that the tread on those tires was going to wear down very quickly. And so to me, it, it was an oversight. It was an overthought. They, 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 they overthought it. But to me, that was the thing that stopped them from using a first-round pick on Jonathan Taylor is this guy had a bajillion carries in college, and how much truly are we going to get out of him? Well, Jonathan Taylor is proving to be the exception to the rule of being that workhorse, being that bell cow back, that volume is what he eats for breakfast. Thank you very much. He'll have two servings of it. Thank you. Just overthought it. And so to me, I think it's I don't think it's fair to say that – you know, Zeke worthy of a top 10, but Jonathan Taylor wasn't. We overthought that one. Jonathan Taylor should have been a first-round pick. Bailey says, what would it take to trade for Saquon right now? It's a great question, and I think what you're trying to get me to say is that it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the, fourth or the second overall pick, which is what they, what they used on him um, a year ago, or a couple years ago when they drafted him, right? Back in 2019? I'm looking right now. 2018. But I would ask you this question. We're going we're gonna to do an exercise. Give me the 2022 NFL draft here. And I didn't expect that this is where this was going to go. So I appreciate everybody being here in the live YouTube audience for this show. Because, you know, Bailey, I'm going to take your question and I'm, I'm going to pivot it to something else here. Would you trade the third overall pick? No offense to this guy. No offense to this guy whatsoever. Would you trade the third, would you trade the third overall pick right now for Derek Stingley Jr.? You were a year removed. Would you trade the third overall pick for Derek Stingley Jr.? And the reason I'm using that as an example is I don't think it's as easy for us to just box this position in and treat it differently than every other position on the field. Because if the argument is that you wouldn't trade the second overall pick for Saquon Barkley, I can say I wouldn't trade the third overall pick right now for Derek Stingley Jr. Would you trade the first overall pick for Trayvon Walker? Would you do it? I don't think anybody would right now a year removed. And so, again, that's that's the context that I want to add to this conversation. Bailey says, we just saw Bradley Chubb go for a first despite being slightly disappointed he had value. He plays a premium spot. You are saying Zeke is a success, but after four years you wanted to get rid. Uh, who is the best running back in the NFL, Chris? Uh, the best running back, true running back right now? I kind of want to say Derrick Henry. That's the answer that I want to give. It's either it's either Derrick Henry or Nick Chubb. In terms of a true runner, it's Derrick Henry or Nick Chubb. If you're talking best overall offensive player at that position, I think you got to start talking about say you got to start talking about um, Christian McCaffrey 
and and people and players like that can who can catch the ball uh, pretty well out of the backfield. But for me, it would be Nick Chubb or Derrick Henry. Jamie with his Benny Snell comments. If healthy, think Taylor gets some consideration. That's a fair. That's a fair um, shot as well. But yeah, I mean, to me, I think I think Henry and Chubb are, are in that conversation. Um, what would Nick Chubb go for? I think a team. I don't know. He's got a big contract. He's got a big contract. I don't think he would go for a first if that's the if, if the argument you're making that he's. If the argument that you're making is that he wouldn't go for for a first round pick. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing with you. Um, and I think we're closer on this than people think. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not in love with the, the Lions taking Jameer Gibbs at 12. Right, that feels a little high. To me, he felt like a late first. Now he could be in that late first bucket that we talked about with Clyde Edwards-Helaire, with Rashad Penny, um, and with Sony Michelle. I think the difference is Jameer Gibbs is a better prospect than all three of those players because I think he adds more value. I think he can do more than just be a runner. And so to me, there's a difference there. And I think B. John Robinson falls right into the bucket of all the players that we we're just talking about of um, – uh, Zeke and Christian McCaffrey and you know Saquon Barkley, those guys that were drafted at the top. Uh, to me, this is clear. I, I think I think Bijan falls into that bucket, and Jamie brings up a very good point. Jameer Gibbs was a top ten player for us, and so for us, he is one of those elite guys at the position that we wouldn't have batted an eye at that they traded that, that they drafted. Like we like not even a, not even a question in my mind that he could have been a first round player. Just 12 shocked me. 12 was a surprise to me. I thought he would go later. I mean, Jamie Jamie can personally attest, and I think I shared it here on the show, but I definitely shared it on Prospects and Props. For the longest time, I had Jameer Gibbs going to the Detroit Lions. Like, I called it out at pick 18 because I thought that made more sense. And so Jameer Gibbs being a first-round player was not a shock to me whatsoever. And I think the, the thing I want to get to the bottom of here and the reason why we wanted to do the show today, and I greatly appreciate all the interaction on this show, wasn't sure how this was going to be received, is I think there are buckets that we can put this conversation in. Because I think there are more examples of players that went in the top 10 at this position panning out and being very good players, being top five players at their position. And then there's another bucket of players where teams are taking a swing on a running back later in the first round, and we've got a bigger sample size of it not panning out. Because in the bucket over here of the top 10 players, Really, the only name you can throw at me recently is is Trent Richardson. But I can say Saquon Barkley. I can say Christian McCaffrey. I can say Leonard Fournette. I can say Ezekiel Elliott. And there's not a question that after those guys came into the league, they were considered top five at their position at some point during their tenure. Bailey says, fans of the Lions and Falcons will love those guys. They will be super happy after year one for sure, but taking non-premium positions uh, like that is not how you win consistently bad process. The Atlanta Falcons are a better team for what they've done over the last three years in the draft. Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and B. John Robinson. They've made their team better. They've made their offenses better. Brian says, true, but the Lions could have gotten Gibbs at 18 and Campbell at 34 at a tight end at 68. Not if he asked the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions swear up and down that Jameer Gibbs was not going to make it to 18 for them. He was not, it was not going to happen. And so that set in motion what they did. I am, I am, uh, this is, this has been very fun. I, I very much enjoy this conversation. I, I think we are closer on this than, than people think. I also agree that taking a running back very early, more often than not, doesn't make sense. I think we have two running backs this year that might be the exception because I think Bijan's in that bucket. 
I think Jameer Gibbs is going to prove to be in that bucket. And so, to me, when I look at this, I think there's a distinct difference between B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs and some of the names on this list that didn't pan out. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was a weird pick at the time. Sony Michelle was a weird pick at the time. Rashad Penny was a weird pick at the time. And then they also didn't pan out. Nobody batted, eye, batted an eye about Christian McCaffrey going early. Ezekiel Elliott going early. Saquon Barkley going early. Nobody batted an eye at that. Nobody batted an eye at B. John Robinson going early. And so if you want to be in the camp that, that would never take a running back in the first round because you have all these examples of, of, of great running backs that got drafted in the second round, I, I hear you. I agree. I think if I was drafting, unless it was a super just uber prospect that I thought was a complete difference maker at the position, then I would be in the same bucket. I think we have at least one of those guys in this draft class. I think B. John Robinson was that prospect. And so to me, there's not a question in my mind that they're, that that he should have gone inside the top 10. Now, it'll be interesting. We're going to be able to revisit this in a couple of years. He he's going to We're going to revisit this in a couple of years, and those two guys are going to be on this list. Where do you think they go? Where do you think they end up? That's the, that's the fun part. Uh, I'll, have ba- I'll let Bailey have the last word on this, and then we'll get out of here and get into the post show. Bijan is the 15th highest paid player, only $2 million off being paid top 10. You are not getting much excess value, even if he is great. If Tyree Wilson hits, you are getting way more value. Fun topic. That's an interesting lens on it, Bailey, of the, of the way the contracts are structured for these positions. But I will tell you, you know, at the end of the day, when Bijan gets to that second contract, it's going to pale in comparison to what Tyree Wilson's second contract would look like. And so from a from a cap percentage perspective, there's value. Positional-wise, if you stack it positionally, yeah, Bijan already comes in at a, at a pretty high number, and on his next contract will we'll be pretty high. But I think from a percentage of the cap, the running back position's not you know running wild. I mean, what's... Let me look here. I mean, Christian McCaffrey's getting 16 a year on average. Let's see what he's going to cost against the cap. So in 2024, in 2024, he's going to cost the 49ers 5.5 against the cap. What is Tyree Wilson going to cost the Raiders now? Just for comparison's sake. He's going to cost them 1.9, so 2% this year. And it'll go up as high as 2.6% in the fourth year of that deal. So just just to put some context to the numbers there on that of what percentage of the cap. Christian McCaffrey is the highest put, highest paid player at his position, and he makes five percent of the cap. Tyree Wilson is an a, a rookie player who is thirty sixth at his position in terms of of contract money, and he already is at two percent of the cap. Just for just for context, uh, this was a lot of fun. I appreciate everybody everybody being here for this conversation. I, I did not expect this um, to generate as much buzz as it did, but I appreciate you all being here. Uh, I appreciate you listening to the show and the podcast feed. If that's where you're listening to, uh, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You got to join us over on the YouTube version Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time because you saw the, the the chaos, the craziness, the interact, the interaction that we had in the chat. You can be a part of that, and then you get to be a part of the post show, which once I sign off here, that's what we're doing, the YouTube post show, and Jamie has asked me to call on him in the post show. He already has a question for me. Um, so appreciate everybody making this show a part of uh, your day. Everybody have a great Wednesday. Talk to you all tomorrow.